8: This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour.
6: The City of Columbia invites you to experience Mule Day 2023. Don't miss this annual celebration, March 30th through April 2nd. The popular Mule Day Parade takes place Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia, featuring Grand Marshal Mike Wolf of American Pickers. And Murray County Park is where the endless Mule Day fun is happening with a daily lineup of mule competitions, crafts, foods, live entertainment, and more. Visit MuleDay.com for details.
9: We're gonna talk with our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson at Foodland, who is on the line. Miles, how are you and the great folks at Foodland today?
10: Oh, we're doing great. How are you?
9: Doing fantastic. I tell you, we're not too far out from Mule Day, that's for sure. So what uh what specials you got for us this week?
11: All righty. Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, four ninety-nine a pound,
12: assorted pork chops, a dollar fifty-nine a pound, seedless red grapes, ninety-nine cents a pound, twenty-four-pack Crystal Springs water, two for seven, and Coca-Cola, twelve pack.
9: It's two for 13. Wow, that's some good deals as always. And uh, again, you're open uh, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., right there on West 7th. Uh, Very convenient. People can come in and uh, get whatever they need. So, Miles, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay?
11: All righty. Thank you.
9: Thank you, Miles. All right. Once again, Miles Johnson from Foodland. They got some great, great deals. Make sure you go check them out. Walk in, they got the uh, flyer right there by the door. Yes, again, Foodland on West 7th. Go check them out.
2: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7
13: WKOM Columbia. Tony Basilio welcoming you to our Friday edition. I'm a little stopped up here. You know, generally when we stay up all night, which I did, and you get a little run down and, you know, you get that old feeling, as they say in the trade. And that's kind of where I'm at today. So I got two hours in me. So, we're going to do it for the radio listener today and all the ships at sea. And uh, Tennessee, of course, falls last night in the Sweet 16 to a team that's, well, never been passed that round. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I know. I don't know what I don't know anymore. But um, hard to be mad at a team at you know, the end of the day. Gets the Sweet Sixteen, and poor Barnes, he just, he just, he just can't do it at this time of the year. He's just nice coach, nice program guy. He's just never going to surprise you in March. They had an absolute clear path. They were going to play a Kansas State team with a point guard whose foot today probably looks like a boot. They couldn't do it. <laughs> Won't call timeout. Just just won't do it. Beano, Jeff Henderson. What? Hey, Brian, can you see if Hughie will go in an hour? Let him know what we're doing here. Tell him we love him. Beano, um, you have the floor. head it. Well,
14: Tony, I pestered you guys to death yesterday while you were trying to do your work. Tony, you I had all day anxiety, which is odd for me now uh, felt more like I was getting ready to play a game uh, Mm -hmm. than to watch one. Mm -hmm. Um, Turns out it was justified because all our fears came to fruition. We've, we've been a team that doesn't perform very well against understated teams that are better than their name. Um, been a team that hasn't put together back-to-back solid performances in a while, it seems. I've been a team that's prone to long droughts, team that struggles against quickness, and a team that just doesn't have a guy you can go to uh, with the ball at crunch time that can get you a bucket, uh, that can stop other teams' runs. Um, all of those things happened. Uh, I thought our offense was stagnant just about from the start. We had poor spacing. We had poor player and ball movement. Uh, and for some reason, we shied away from setting solid picks, which is the key to Barnes' entire offensive approach. If you don't do that, you got no shot. I have no idea uh, what was going on there. Um what i didn't expect was to get out rebounded and outworked, worked and and that's just inexcusable in that set, uh, this isn't a this wasn't a january basketball game this was an opportunity to go uh to the lead eight and you didn't want it as bad as your opponent did and and that's that's inexcusable
13: we look uh, like just, uh, yeah, yeah ironically being right we look like purdue and they look yeah. like fairly dickinson yeah just right.
15: every loose ball you know Just every ball. Speaking of that, it's a thirty nine thirty three lead with about twelve minutes to go. And Jonas Adu plays good defense, forces a missed shot from the seven footer. And nobody puts a body on that Davis kid who goes in there, that pint sized little guy, steals the rebound, and then scores immediately. And no senior was around to just put a body on him and get that rebound. I think that's where the game got away from him. I think that was the beginning of the end. And poor Rick
13: Bonds. Just, uh, yeah.
15: just another
14: brick in the wall, guys, between yep. our program and the lead eight. Doesn't matter who's in the uniforms. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's in the big seat.
11: Yep.
14: Uh, doesn't matter who's in front of us. Yep. Uh it's uh it's the same story. It it's it's always Someone else's
13: turn and never ours. So Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. If you missed it, we'll have a we'll have that deal coming up today uh, in the um, third hour because we did about four and a half hours last night. Went off the air about two thirty, two forty-five. Somebody named Nancy Armore points out. That Rick Barnes has gotten out of the Sweet 16 three times in nearly 40 years as a head coach. You uh, that's not good. With all the talent he's had, now for most coaches, for most coaches, several Sweet 16 appearances and three Elite Eights and one Final Four is wonderful. But uh, this poor guy, he just will not call timeout. Willie Bean Star, when that thing's on the line, late. No, I, I don't know if
14: that's that Carolina Dean Smith inbred stuff or, or or what that is, but uh that that's not coaching. Whatever it is, it's not coaching.
13: And that Dusty May guy, conversely, three thirty to go. I'm gonna take a timeout and call cool this thing off. But it's hard for me this year to beat on Barnes, like I said yesterday. When you get this group to the Sweet 16, as offensively challenged as they are, I'm not going to be revisionist history. They lost to Vanderbilt twice with ZZ Stop. They lost to Vanderbilt, with they lost to Missouri with ZZ Stop. They weren't exactly lighting the world on fire with ZZ Stop. So, And it wouldn't have mattered if Billy Gibbons was out there at point guard, or Dusty Hill, or Frank Beard. Um, I just believe in my heart of hearts we've never been that close. The path, you know, Kansas State has a point guard today whose foot has to look like a walking boot. Has to. Has to. And, and, unless he doesn't have flesh and blood. Which means that was your greatest opportunity to get there.
14: Well, I, I'll say this, Tony. We would have needed for him to be tender to win the game. Because we don't have a soul that can stay in front of him, not a soul. We've struggled with that all year long. Uh, he would have done whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it against us.
15: But they
13: can't rebound. That would have been a great, we would have pounded them. on the, Well, then again, I don't know. Would we have pounded them on the glass? I mean, the way they we They didn't
15: look. pound Florida Atlantic on the glass.
13: All right, we're going to go to the phones. This first hour is all about you at 865-200-5402. And we're just trying to figure out the what, the what's and the why's, and you go for it. You say what you need to say. It's just really hard to figure out, Barnesy B. now. For some reason, the guy just cannot do it in the tournament. Even when he's the team of destiny, B. now. They were destined to go to the Final Four this year. It was wide open for him.
14: I I I find it hard to believe that I will see we may have had others before this that were as equally opportunistic. Uh, I doubt I'll see a better chance. Um, some people may, but I doubt I'll, I'll ever. You know, see
15: other other teams that had great chances didn't have had somebody you could go to and get a bucket late, and this team just didn't. Well, I think this may be the worst team they've had that had this good of a chance to get there.
13: Look at the regional. Somehow. Look at the regional. Right. <laughs> You had a Kansas State team that's not very good. I mean a uh, Michigan State team by Michigan State standards that's not very good. You had Kansas State who literally wasted a not wasted but got a point guard hurt last night in beating Kansas, in beating Michigan State, which is perfect. Kansas State with a first-year coach essentially hasn't um hasn't been to a Final Four since 1964, so the modern era That could have been you, Tennessee, right in the squared circle with them. I think Florida Atlantic's going to the Final Four, guys, and I think Tennessee fans will wear that forever, just like they wore the year Sister Jean beat them in a round of thirty-two. And and you know, it's not fair, but it's the way the tournament is. It almost feels like the Duke game didn't happen today. I don't know why I feel like that, but it just almost—it's so cruel. It's so ignorant and cruel.
15: That that's what the ter- that's how the tournament is cruel. I mean, everything you've done good to get up to a certain point is almost it's just completely erased by one bad night. Yeah, and I, I'm
14: not gonna I'm not gonna change uh, my viewpoint that that uh, Duke win is probably
11: yep.
14: is probably the best NCAA tournament win in program history. I think it is, but really, when you look back. At our history, that's kind of like a prison beauty contest anyway. I mean, there aren't a whole
15: lot of contestants. I, I think the Ohio State won the Sweet 16 is, is, my, is my vote there. But
13: Nancy R. Moore writes the following from USA Today, and then we'll go to the phones. The 15 points by John L. Davis were big. So, too, the clutch three-pointers by Michael Forrest during Florida Atlantic second-half run. But the most decisive factor in the Owls' upset of fourth seed of Tennessee was the guy on the other bench. She writes, Rick Barnes crashed out in yet another NCAA tournament. For those keeping track, he's yet to get out of the Sweet 16 in eight seasons at Tennessee. It has been 15 years since he made an Elite Eight back when he was still at Texas. In 36 seasons as a head coach, often with teams loaded with enough talent to make deep, deep runs. Barnes has one Final Four and two Elite Eights on his resume. And she said yes to a quote Barnes made about how hard it is just to get there. She said, but is this why Tennessee made him the fourth highest paid coach in the country? She said, I think it is to win games like this. She said, there's no question he's an exceptional coach. He's only had three losing seasons in his career. His teams are almost in the, always in the top 25 or hovering at the edge of it. He has them in the mix of conference titles, regular season, and tournament. But sometime around, she says, oh, March 10th, it all implodes for him. This isn't just the wheels falling off. This is the radiator blowing, the exhaust pipe leaking, the headlights burning out, the engine catching fire. At some point, she writes, it stops being about matchups and untimely injuries and becomes about Rick Barnes not being able to cut it when it's NCAA tournament time but, you know, I think that's fair I think that's a fair yeah, assessment of the, of the head absolutely.
14: coach yeah. absolutely. Hey, Matt, Matt said it a whole lot he's the perfect coach for this program he's a mirror image of what this program is
13: and he's a super awesome dude there's no way, I'm telling you right now, if he was down there at Alabama and that kid was involved with what that kid was involved with, even though he's a top pick in the NBA draft or at the top of the board, he would have thrown him right off the team. So let's go to our phones. 865-200-5402. Heartbreaking result. I don't know how much I have left in me today because I didn't get to sleep till I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, maybe 530. So, let's go to the phones, and we'll get our first call in. Good morning and welcome. You're on the Tony Basilio Show. Hello.
12: What do you say,
13: Tony? Hey, Phil.
12: me uh, and Brian, it's uh, a little disappointing homer last night.
13: Really crushing, Phil.
12: Yeah, it was, but it's not really surprising.
13: At one point, Matt screamed at me at like 1.30 in the morning and said, Tony, I don't know what is up with you and acting surprised. He said, this is, you get what you get from Rick Barnes. Why are you surprised? And from us, this is our now, history. This is his history.
12: One thing about it, uh, his offense is antiquated and, uh, it
14: varies. It, it's very similar to, uh, get more behind center. Well, I, I don't think there's any question. We're running an antiquated offense. Phil, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't think that that can be argued. Uh, we, when you we look
15: think, like nineteen seventies Vandy. When you think about how antiquated the offense is, and then the players they have running it, a lot of them, it's amazing they even won twenty five games, or even came close to winning twenty five games, and getting this close to the elite eight. And Brian, that's how hard. When you, think, when you really,
13: that's how good they are on defense, Brian.
15: Yeah. They're so
13: good on defense, they're almost too good. Somebody made a great point last night. Those guys never take a playoff on defense. And it's the reason why um, do committed his fourth foul 45 feet from the basket last night over by the timeline.
12: Yeah you got to score points to win. Yep. I mean, even Michigan State uh, saw last night they are going to score, and they yep. scored with Kansas State. It was an entertaining game. If, if we got beaten like that last night, I wouldn't be as ba as bad a shape as watching our garbage basketball we play here.
13: It's a shame, Phil, because you almost think that Dusty May and his group at FAU said, Oh, we want you to feature Plavi. We'll take the way this game is starting. Oh, and we want Key shooting the other and I'm not singling those two guys out, but if if those two guys are the two guys we have to leave open and let have it because they took Vescoby totally out of the game, they just got on his face. I mean, they didn't box and won him or anything like that, or junk defense him, but they certainly they certainly did not give him any space last night at all. None guys, it
14: well, seems I'm, like to me when our early approach is to go down into the post. Uh, even when it's successful early, it hurts us the rest of the game. we got guys standing around watching, not moving. When the ball goes in there and sticks, instead of going in there and coming right back out, uh, last night's what we get.
13: And and Dan Dockage had an interesting tweet last night about that. He said, I don't know. He said, look, Barnes is a great coach. He said, but if your offense is to dump the ball into an offensively challenged guy and then stand around and watch him, he said, that's not offense. He said, that's just not college basketball offense.
15: How many, how many programs could, could Key and Euros get good minutes for, like they get good minutes here? It's a
13: miracle, Brian. We got to the Sweet 16. It's just I mean, a when you think about it, uh, that's, that's what mean, I'm trying to say. You look at our offense, and it's a it's a stone-cold miracle they got to the Sweet 16.
14: I, I, I know Key had, I think, basically, he took all year, last year off. So I, I know he was rusty coming in here. I don't think we did him any favors bringing him in here and having him as part of our point guard uh, troop either. No doubt he I'm should not. have been a new guard, period. Well, that's Rick right Morris,
13: well, what Barnes should have done is he should have hung up on Travis Ford, taken Yuri Collins and taken his three game suspension like Tony Valls did. But it would yeah. it would've hurt his reputation a little bit among the college coaches, but they would still be playing today, Phil.
12: Yeah. Where's the sense of urgency for Rick Barnes? I mean, he ain't got many more goal rounds to go do it and uh, the time's ticking. I mean, really the clock started last night, the way I look at it. I mean, it's just a matter of time before he's out of here.
13: I just wonder, I mean, I'm looking at, because we prepared this. I left it in the blog today. My, my scout on uh, Kansas State, talking to a couple sources during the game, one of whom said, you realize those guys are all transfer players. And I thought, well, God, that can't be true. And I looked at the roster, and every every one of those guys is a transfer. None of them started there, and their coaches knew. And so that's how... Um. What's the word I'm looking for, Beano? Help me out with my words today. That you you almost have to be um oh God guys, you have to be able to pivot very quickly today in, in major college basketball when it comes to roster construction. And so far, uh Beanstar, Barnes has not shown that gear. He just hasn't.
14: No, so, uh in in the in the transfer portal era, uh we've got We've gotten z- just about zero from that. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do for next year? I mean, I look at the,
12: their roster. And are they going to have a lot of attrition out this roster and go out and get some players? I, I, don't, I just don't – I'm about ready to give up on it now. I mean, it's just uh, – it is what it is. And uh, I wish Brick Barnes would go out with his seniors. See ya.
13: Thank you, Phil. I, I, I don't – I'm not ready to say that. I do think, though, that 10 years is enough of any of these people, unless you're exemplary. And he's going to go into his ninth year next year. So I've always been a 10-year guy. How long was uh, Pearl here, Bri?
15: Six years. Mm. But really, five. Because that last year was just a, he was suspended for half So, so
13: five years and he made two sweet 16s?
15: Yeah, he made three sweet wow he made three sweet 16s. Three and years.
13: five years.
15: Well, well three and five years actually, <sighs> when you think about it.
13: Was he any good being out here?
15: <laughs> yeah, he 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 was good here. But.
13: Three and five
15: years and an Elite Eight? And then only went one and done once in that five year span, so
13: you know, in one way, Bino, which is, makes, makes this thing very confusing, which is why I'm going to go sit in the park for about four hours today, hang out pray play a little music. In one way, you have to be happy with this team getting to the Sweet 16, and you should feel happy about that, right? In another way, you got to be really urinated off because you're lost to a team that's never been to an Elite Eight, they have zero history. They'd never won an NCAA tournament game coming into this year. They made it look easy against you last night. And you would have played a Kansas State team with a guy whose foot, I'm sure, looks like a walking boot today. Has to look like a walking boot, unless he's not human. It's it's incredible. Yeah,
14: and you, Tony, I've, I've made my stance clear here numerous times, and that's that if you've got a guy that gets you determined every year, be careful what you wish for. Uh, but I heard a couple of people uh, refer to Rick Barnes' job this year as a great job. Uh, I think Rick Barnes did a satisfactory job this year, but I don't think that you can – I don't think you can – he he's got a veteran-laden team that got worse as the year went along. And in the last 15 games, uh, unless it was a team who – you show your team their jersey, and automatically you get your top effort from them. Or they had South Carolina written across their shirt. We didn't play very well. Uh, I, there's nothing that says great about the coaching job that was done this year.
13: Back to the phones we go. Tony Basilio showing a Friday. Good, good morning.
16: Celtic Drew, what's going on, guys? Hey, true. Well, you know, Tony... I thought we'd be having a party, in the words of Rob Stewart, today. Yep. But, you know, when I called yesterday, I stand by everything I said. I, I don't think FAU played that great. I just think we played that poorly. I mean, when you can't make bunnies in the NCAA tournament uh, and you get let down by three of the oldest players in college basketball, and key Kamala, and James that's a great formula to get beat. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I, um, uh, this one doesn't hurt for me personally as bad as Purdue, because while I agree, this was a great path to the final four. I think that this team was playing on borrowed time in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of that has to do with the Ziegler injury, but a lot of it also has to do with Barnes's decision for, uh, the way he compiled the roster, constructed the roster this year.
13: um, yeah, the the, uh, the the inability to land the Collins kid in the offseason is really, 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 really a sneaky, hidden key well, moment in the season.
16: Well, and here's my thoughts on that. And, um, Brian, Dina, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. My thoughts are, when that happened, okay, it, it, I, it, it, in my mind, what he essentially thought is, okay, well, I'll just shift, you know, Ziegler's probably going to be fine. And if in emergency situations, we'll shift Viscovi over or, you know, we'll bring in B.J. Edwards. But by doing that, especially by bringing Viscovi over or, frankly, anyone over to that point guard position, you're pulling someone over from their natural position and leaving your roster weaker than it could have been if you had just gone and found someone. And with the resources at our disposal yep. and, uh, it, it, frankly, the ability to play for a team like Tennessee that had more hype going to the, into the season than we ended with, you would have thought we would have been able to attract someone in to fill the void when we couldn't get Collins. It, was there any it, – do you all know, was there any talk about trying to bring someone else in? Or when that fell apart, did they just say, well – all right, we're just going to roll with what we've got. We're not even going to fool with looking for someone else. I'm kind of curious, what what's the story with that situation? Why did they not even try to find someone else after that?
13: Because at that point, you'd already been accused of tampering, and the only way to get somebody else would have been to pull somebody else off a roster. And see, once you make the decision that you're going to wear a white hat and not a black hat, see, that's what I love about Tony Valls. Tony Valls is like, okay, um... You're gonna accuse me of tampering. By the way, we're taking this player. Now they it might yeah, not work out wear, for them. He knows how to grade up, too. You know what I mean. Well, that's the deal. See, Barnes had they had the guy, they had him. The kid went into the portal with the express um, for the express reason of coming to the Vols. And, and by the way, down the stretch while we were floundering, and I know he's playing at a different level, but he had um, double figures and assists nine out of ten games. And he's a dog. I mean, he plays unbelievably hard. The kid from Kansas State last night, their point guard, was not going to let them lose, even on a bad ankle. That's what you need. That's, that's what... And, and, you know, for ZZ Stop, see, this all, this all ties in together because when you make that decision, you put a diminutive guy out there with big guys beating on him all year and you play him 38 minutes a night, of course his wheel's going to give out. What's going to happen to him? Of course. Yeah, it's way right? too
16: much stress. But on a guy that already had an issue going into the
13: season. And, and by the way, we Brian watched was... it happen. We saw yeah. the guy with the bad. With he had the bad. He had the bad ankle, and then he had the bum knee. And then guys were driving by him, and we were all kind of going, "What's going on?" And then eventually his tire blew. I mean, you know that's just that's just not good. When you're making that kind of money, Barnes is making that. That's that wasn't good this year. That was not good.
16: Is, is there So it's obvious to me that we need some people that can slash to the basket, yep. truly attack the rim. Brian, is there anyone – a lot of people have entered the portal already. Is there anyone that's in the portal that catches your eye already as far as a good target for Tennessee?
15: I mean, they could be out there, but I, I don't trust Barnes to bring them in.
13: So it's a really good answer. I
15: mean
13: he hasn't I mean, won offensive first players, um, Drew. I mean we, we Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they're gonna uh, find the next one. You know, three we've, weeks gotta, we've gotta we've gotta sort of come to let me ask you this, Drew. If Barnes had a chance, if he had a chance to get the kid from Kansas State, okay, who by the way will take maddening shots, will drive you nuts. Would he take him, Drew?
16: Uh, based on what I've seen from him and the sort of player that he's brought in from the portal over the last decade, I would say no.
11: No.
13: And that's just what he we're in. That's Lund, where we are.
16: Lund, kid. But if you're losing, I mean, we're losing four players. We're going to have a couple guys leave. He's going to have to fill those gaps somewhere. I mean, uh, the, the portal is going to have to come into play this year, whether he wants to or not, I would think. Yes. Right? I, I mean,
13: I would think that's right, but we'll see, because they, they have the four in the signing class, the DeLeon guy who they brought in at mid-year, who they love, by the way. Josh Collins texted me and said, can he play? And I said, yo, yeah, he can really play. And he says, well, why I would I don't
16: understand play? why the same guy that was willing to bring in Biscovie in the middle of the year and let him play didn't turn that guy loose. I, I just don't. I know he needed to add some weight. Yep. I totally get it from that standpoint. Yep. But... When you've got an opportunity to advance and and frankly w- win some ball games, it's just surprising to me that he didn't do that. It, it's disappointing. He
13: can shoot it though. Um, I hear I hear the same things about him I heard about ZZ, which is God. This guy's lighting it up in practice.
16: I just don't understand the offensive efficiency, guys. We're out there running the claw fence on the hardwood. I, I just
13: <laughs> the claw fence. <laughs> You pop me today, Drew. You pop, Now You got a little pop out of me. I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm going to leave you with one more thing to make it pop.
16: Michael yeah. Rod Stewart. You know old Maggie Mae, right? Yep. Wake up, Ricky. I think I got something to say to you. It's late in March and you always find a way to lose. What we need is a younger man who truly understands Oh, Ricky, I cannot try anymore. more. went away from home, and your office leaves me all alone. You always lose much, and that's what really hurts. Go
13: ball.
10: Appreciate
13: you. Thank you, Go Ball. You know, we've we've had a claw fence mention. We've had um, an adaptation of Ricky May's song. We've had um what's ironic is we lost to a guy named May last night while we're singing Ricky May. Dusty May beat us. May wins in March. Um, you know, and we've I, had a I, Garantano mention. We're off to a good start.
14: I have to. I have to admit, as the game was slipping away last night, and it kept showing the same commercial over and over and over. The only thing that ran through my head is. We all live in an orange submarine. Orange submarine.
15: Orange submarine. And we got Bino singing.
13: It just never ever and ever changes, guys. They cannot
15: compared to Jerry Green.
13: They cannot surprise us. They cannot get to an Elite Eight. They cannot be a team of destiny. They can't just get on a heater like my Phillies did, just out of nowhere. Can't do it. Can't do it. Like a myriad of teams, like St. Peter's. Oh, but ZZ was hurt. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. This was the year... They can't even do it when they're a team of destiny, Bino. Never
14: our turn, Tony, for whatever reason, in the NCAA tournament.
13: Bino, the guy... Bino. The guy last uh, Thursday... Let that team go on like a 12-0 run, and then they had a TV timeout. Last night, the thing got to 20 or like 18 to 2. Why won't he take a timeout when the game is slipping away? Why? I, don't, I just, why? 4,000 people or some odd went up there last night. You know Our fan base was up till, I mean, our backhaul line, we had several thousand people listening at Literally 2 o'clock in the morning when Matt asked me at 2.15. We went off at 2.45 a.m. last night. And, and, and I'm entitled to ask, why? And he never learns. Never. Le- it's okay to be dogmatic and into your stuff. That's just downright stupid. But, you know, aren't timeouts there? To stop and stem these runs, isn't that what you do during a run?
15: He's saving him for when he's down by eight in the last minute, and he scores a bucket. It's to set up a so defense. Dumb. That's when he saves. That's why he saves. And he did. He, he did that last night. I have no idea. I don't.
14: I don't know if you trade those things in like green stamps or what. But we we're saving ours.
13: SNH green stamps, kids. Look them up. If you got ten, you got a softball. You get a book, get your S&H, let's go to the phones. It's like, the, like company script. I take the scramps. Hello and welcome into our next call.
12: Tony B, JT from Murfreesboro.
13: Hey, Murfreesboro. I love that place, man. Y'all are growing.
12: Hey, Tony B, let's talk basketball here for a second. I, you know, this team's been inconsistent all year. Yep. Uh, they've been this way. They'll play one good game. The next game, they don't show up. Yep. That's what they've been playing all year. Free throw shooting's been a problem. Shooting's been a problem. But let's talk overall pitcher. I love Rick Barnes. I think he's a class guy. I think he runs a good, clean program.
11: Mm-hmm. He's
12: a good guy for your university. He represents university well. That's being said. Mm-hmm. But the game has changed. If you noticed in this in this tournament, nearly every team is a drive kick out offense. That, Offense last night for uh, Florida Atlantic. That's all it was. Keep, penetrate, kick out, shoot the three. They had no post game. Did they? They didn't score at the post. Did they?
13: Not really. No. But their inside points huh? ended up being pretty good when the game was over. But that's because. Well, they
12: got some big key rebounds. They got some offensive rebounds yeah. that we should have.
13: And, and to your point, via several times. They attacked the 10. Even Even as. Outsized or undersized as they were, they attacked us, man. They, they, they went after us last night. They were more athletic than we were, a lot more athletic, go. but go ahead.
12: <clears throat> that was, that was exactly my point. We, we're gonna, the only way we get out of this is recruit or, you know, transfer portal. We gotta have faster, quicker guys. I mean, I love Triple J, but he never, he never reached his potential. He was a five star. We don't have a dog that we can go to down the stretch. That Kansas State team, that little point guard, like you said, man, he, he may throw some wild shots up, but he was not going to
13: quit. You know, he threw three wild shots up in their game. That, Where that, is Wayne
15: Chisholm when you need him?
13: That Jerome Tang, <laughs> he threw three wild shots up that Jerome Tang was willing to live with. Um, if he shoots any of those three balls under Rick Barnes, and I'm not trying to pick on Rick Barnes. I'm just stating a fact here. He's out of the game. <laughs> You know, Barnes calls him over to the game puts him on the bench if he shoots any of those three shots. And you don't see what you saw at the end of the game.
14: No, and uh, Jay Wright said last night after the game was over, before our game started, that he'd coached a number of New York City guards. And the, the best ones, he said, are ones that you have to sit over there sometimes and just swallow what you know is the wrong play. Because when it really matters, they'll
13: make the right one. And you know who that describes, too, is ZZ Stop at times. ZZ Stop will drive you nuts. But in the moment, if you need somebody to make a big bucket for you, He's ZZ Stop makes that big bucket. And we don't have dogs on our team. You know why ZZ Stop's on our team? Because we added him late in the game because we, we needed a piece. Otherwise, they wouldn't have in the long game. Are they going to recruit him? Probably not. I mean, let's be honest about it. Nope. Rick Barnes hey, likes these you know, private school guys. Question. Hey, he likes these yeah, private school it. guys, doesn't he? I mean, he just does. Yeah. yeah.
12: Can I ask you all a question? Uh, you know, it looked like to me, uh, watching the basketball game, particularly second half, we couldn't get any good shots. Now, we missed a bunch of chippies, and you yep. can't blame Barnes for that. Yep. I mean, first half we should have been up 10, 12, 14 points yep. in the first half, and we missed a bunch of chippies. But uh, they, I don't know. Our offense, they were just quicker than us. You know, Vescovy couldn't get any shots. Nope. Because they were quickening. We didn't get any good shots, and we don't have a real post player we can go to. I mean, Euros does good some, but he he didn't show up second half.
13: The problem with Euros What's the is game plan. Well, there was no game plan, and here's the problem with Euros. Okay, when he's in the game, um, he can't rebound. So much yep. of the night, we, when he's in the game, we had two big men on the floor. He can't rebound. I mean, he he, he literally grabbed, he literally like grabbed two rebounds, either. and he can't defend either. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love the guy. I love the spirit. I love the flexing at the camera and the thing, and then you throw the air ball. But, but any of that, the quick eight points. Look, FAU knew when he was featured on offense, we're in good shape here. We've turned the ball over eight times in nine minutes. We're only down a few points. Because to your point, sir, when you turn a team over eight times like that, live ball turnovers, a lot of them, you should have 10 fast break points off of those and be up 15 points, to your point, in Murfreesboro. The game should have been over. When it was a five-point game at halftime, I texted a couple friends and said, it's going to be a long night. They said, why? I said, because we're not going to get out of this thing alive. And they said, there's no way that's true. And I said, okay.
12: Oh, I, I said the same thing, Tony. I said, if we don't shoot better second half, we're going to get beat. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Because that team got Urban comfortable. Position. Yep. Yep. What are we going to do to fix it, though, is the question. That, I'm a solutions guy. Well, me too. I mean,
13: but the problem is, if I, have a, if I have a coach that doesn't believe that it's broken, how am I going to fix it? No? Well, you you answer me that.
12: Well, he, I mean, he's... Look, we're going to win 20 games a year. That's we're going right. to go to the NCAA tournament every year. That's he right. runs a clean program. And That's you're right. right. If that happened to us, what happened to Alabama, he's, he kicked the guy off. The right team. off the he team. Therapy. No
13: questions asked. I know and for a fact. the how
12: you want, but yep. we, can, we can take it to the next level. The last thing i leave you, why, and Matt may answer this, why did we get worse as the season get on? I mean, we didn't get any better. Julian Phillips. Of course, he jerked him last night. He put him in. He Poor played awful on defense. He gave up three easy shots.
13: He That's did. Three. He wasn't in the game last what's night.
12: What's wrong with him?
13: Mm-mm.
12: He's a five-star.
13: I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. He's a five-star they paid a lot of money for. And he just sort of uh, went in and out this year.
15: You know, what's weird is he, he seems to get more out of players that weren't Expected to do a whole lot than he uh-huh. is that he does with players that were.
11: Yep.
15: It's like with that with uh, with uh, Ziegler yep. and then James and Phillips are just. Do you expect to get a lot more out of what than what you've gotten out of? it I him. don't
13: think the James thing's fair. I think James a limited athlete who's had injury problems, who was ranked highly because he had a man's body at the age of eighteen, but he is what he is. He's an average college basketball player.
14: I think years later, Freddie's statement still rings true. We get our McDonald's All-Americans off the dollar menu.
13: Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Tony Basilio show on Friday. Hey, Tony. Jake from Memphis. Hey, Jake. How
17: many uh, how many programs in the country right now you think are just drilling to, to get Dusty May as their coach next year?
13: I texted my brother last night. I told him before the game. I was watching that guy. I was watching him prepare the referees, fight for his little team. Penn State has an opening. I said, I'd grab that guy if I'm you. i grab that guy if I'm you. You realize that every one of those kids that played on their team last night is an underclassman. Every one of them. Now, I don't know that they're all going to stay there. He talks those guys into staying there, and they run that thing back. They could be right back in that spot next season.
11: Absolutely. He's a he, pretty was, good coach, believe, and
13: his offense is beautiful, beautiful. Well,
17: so it's the modern
13: the modern game, and, and that's, I believe he was definitely the
17: youngest coach of all the 2016 teams. He might have been the youngest coach in the tournament, um, but he seems like a classic Danny White hire.
5: Does he not? Does I, I totally
13: like, agree with that. I If he was not hired by Danny White's brother – I would think that when Rick Barnes hung it up, they would go right down there and get that guy, unless somebody gobbles him up first. He's got the Danny White seal of approval written all over him. First of all, he's a very engaging guy. He would do every talk show. He would do everything you asked of him. He would be involved in fundraising. You can just see it. That, guy's, that guy looks – now, that guy could go to a big job and crap out. Who knows? Who knows? But boy, he's got superstar, young superstar coach written all over him, and you don't want to. Uh, the thing you don't want to do is um, uh, overreact to one run in March. But they they were, but they were. Um, uh, they won twenty nine basketball games this year, or thirty basketball games you know, this year in the regular season. Impressive. Yeah, they're for real. He's for you real. You think
15: he'd be better than Andy Enfield?
13: Interesting. Indiana has been okay. at USC, Brian.
15: Only, only at Tennessee can we have
17: one of our best tournament wins in program history, followed by one of our worst tournament losses. But I appreciate everyone that posted the um, the Alabama game-winning field goal last night, on Twitter. Twitter. That, that helped me. Always helps me feel better. And your your blog this morning, Tony, also helped me feel better. We got, you know, the the the. The positive thing about this season going as far as it did is it transitioned so well into baseball now with our home series opening up this weekend. Softball. Right. Yep. yep. Just doing fantastic. And that's what I've, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm I'm. looking forward to kind of not having to watch this
13: basketball team anymore. Isn't that sad, so man? Just, that's so true, dude. That is so... I'm glad they're done almost because they were a chore to watch. No offense to those guys.
15: It's just... Did you think the season was over after the Colorado game?
13: Explain to him, Brian what you're talking about. Most people were in up at four in the morning. I don't even know if Bino knows about this. Go ahead, Brian What are we talking about here? Josiah, Josiah you,
15: Jordan James said that most fans were, thought the season was over after they beat Colorado, and he's proud of he's proud of his guys for not for, for not uh, listening, really listening to that and for fighting back.
13: He said that, our know, last night post-game. The fans thought the game season was over after Colorado. Uh,
14: you, you know, I, I think Josiah's gone too far a couple of times. Uh, if, if Josiah wants to say that uh, he feels like that this team was uh, disrespected by uh, some opponents and by some of our own fans uh, to a degree this year, uh, that's fine and and that's accurate. I think he went on and said uh, uh, anyone who who did that can just stay off the bandwagon. Uh, that was after the Duke game. Uh, that's taken it a step too
13: far. Back to the phones we go. What kills me about these guys is they say that, but they but they line up and take an nil money. I mean, come on now, guys. Let's get our next call in. And it's okay to chide back and forth and go back and forth with fans. If somebody wants to tweet at you, and but just to say something like that after that that loss last night, with all the support you had in the stands, is just nobody thought your season was over after the Colorado game. Come on, man, that's idiotic. Hello well, and welcome Tennessee, into our well, next. A big hello and welcome into our next call.
18: Hey, Tony Seattle here. How you doing?
13: Hey, Seattle, welcome in. Well,
18: um, yeah, I mean, Bart, I. It, it's striking me you asked uh, a few months ago if we thought that calipari was kind of former-esque in his uh his happiness and his his fat and happiness so to speak and uh I, i'm starting to see that in barnes that that late former era former got his national championship so he was happy i think barnes is happy with his career and he's had a good career i mean he is you know you get the hall of fame coach thing thrown at you all the time he probably is i mean he's a good man, good coach, represents the university well. He's got an incredibly well-paying job, an amazingly supportive fan base. I think he is 2004 Fulmer happy. And we're going to get what we get. Fulmer was not going to go away from the bubble screen on second down, and I don't think Rick Barnes is going to start looking at offensive tape out there to figure out where the game's going. I just don't see that. And there's nothing wrong with winning 20 games and going to the tournament, but I think the fan base just needs to realize this: we've got Fulmer. And the same way Fulmer would kind of waddle up and down the sidelines and clap his hands and grimace when things would go bad there, Rick Barnes doesn't call timeouts. And it's just the way it is. And like I said, he's a good man, high morals, represents the university. I'm proud to have him as the coach, but we're not going to win a championship with him. And, you know, I, but I think he deserves to retire. I do not want to see him run out. I think that would be incredibly destructive to the program. But you know who I want out there? And Rick Barnes, one thing he does well is mentor coaches and move coaches along. And I'm hoping that Kim English is still obtainable when Barnes retires so that we can bring that kid on board, because he
13: is awesome. Kim English? Yes. He hadn't done anything, man. He, 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 I don't know how he got the Providence job other than Barnes...
15: There's, I know, uh, I know fighting
13: for him.
18: I, I may be wrong on it, but there's I, something about that calls. kid that tells me he is a diamond in the rough.
13: But he but he didn't do anything at George Mason. He didn't move the bar, not even a little bit there. I mean, I, I I love that he's a great recruiter, and he is a great... Like, the thing about Kim English is, if you got him and you teamed him with a veteran coach there, or put him around... I mean, you're going to have a lot of great players on your team, but... um.
18: He's got, B- he's got that Heupel thing, Tony. I mean, Heupel did not really move the bar where he was either. Wow. But there's something about that guy. And, I, you know, I, he could flame out and die. I, yeah. I don't know. But that's that's kind of who I've got my sights on. But I in no way want Barnes to run out of here. I think we mishandled that Fulmer situation so poorly. Fulmer should have been allowed to retire. And I think the same with Barnes. But I think the fan base just needs to accept we've got
15: late-stage Fulmer.
13: Th- thank you, Seattle. Bino, do you buy that? He's
15: still... Fulmer would still be here
5: if he was allowed to retire.
13: Late state. he's still be trying to coach. That's a great point, Brian. I mean, he, I, I, Fulmer grabbed a whistle when he was a, the AD, for crying out loud.
14: I I don't see that similarity, Tony. I, I don't see a drop-off in intensity in Rick Barnes. Uh, I don't see the drop-off in his program uh, that we saw in uh, in uh. Fulmer's program late. Um, I do I don't think that's what we got. I I think what we've got is a, a real solid basketball coach, whose whose approach doesn't work very well in March for whatever reason. Yeah. Someone smarter than I'll have to determine why that is. You know, uh, but it's just. i I'd uh, make, um,
15: Go ahead, Bina. Go ahead, Brian. It's, go ahead, Brian. I, I just, there's two. I, I would make two phone calls if, if they had to get a coach. One would be to Jay Wright, and the second would be would be to Scott Drew down at Baylor.
13: And no, and no, and then who's your third call? So I, I just said no, to both of them. So I would make,
15: I would make those. But guys they're not, they're
13: not coming. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I wonder how quickly Rick Pitino contacted a waka after last night's game. Here's a game where this guy is a serial rebounder, Bino, serial rebounder. He doesn't get on the floor on a night where those little midgets out-rebounded you. You know, I, I,
14: I know that the, the thought is, well, who's he going to guard against that team? But when I've got no one else out there that's willing to get a rebound, I say, I don't care. That's what we need. Put him in there and let him
13: play. I mean, having Euros out there getting
15: beat to every loose ball, I don't know. Did you see what he, what he tweeted about, imagine, now just imagine playing every home game in this building.
13: Oh, Patino, there's, there is very little question, Brian, that Patino's going to recruit guys off our roster. Going to try. That New York City kid especially. He's going to try to get, hey, he's not dumb. Several of those kids, including the kid last night, uh, well two of those guys, the kid from Michigan State's a New York City kid, their guard. The uh, kid that had the most assist in NCAA tournament play is a New York City kid. And I'll make a prediction to you. Rick Petino in three years with St. John's will go as far as Rick Barnes has gone at Tennessee in eight. He will take that he will get those guys the elite eight. By the end of his contract i'm giving him five years actually anybody want to, anybody want some of that action because i'm telling you right now that's going to happen I, I think
15: i think he'll get in there sooner than that he
13: can straight up coach basketball and he'll win in march
14: he's Take, the top five college basketball coach in my lifetime
13: there is no doubt and you can say what you want to say about him and he is there is no question in my mind, that he's going to reach out to a walk and say, dude, you played a minute last night in your building. A minute in our building. You could play her every single night. I want to build my program around you, son. One minute? I don't know. Bad loss. We continue with more. Hughie Bear joins me. The great Mike Hugan on3.com. And then we'll get back into calls. As I told you, we, we just took a ton of them there in that extended set. More after this, hour two.
9: This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
8: This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5, on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour.
14: Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion.
18: The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31.00
8: The mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023. The wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania show in the log pulling competition Thursday at 12 noon with the feed time race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m. Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show and at 6 p.m. the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day the mule day parade on west 7th street in downtown columbia at 11 a.m sharp then pony mule pulling at noon mule pulling tennessee state championships and the skillington draft mule show at 2 p.m on sunday we have worship at 9 a.m the riding mule show at 11 a.m and gospel singing at noon did i mention friday and saturday ham and white bean plates are at only 10 bucks from 10 a.m to 5 p.m visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of mule day events
3: this is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
13: You bow your head when you say his name, the great Mike Hugen, and joining now. He's on 3.com. We're coming right back to your phone calls, because I love each and every one of you, and I value you. And we've had a ton of calls in the first hour, but it's hour two. Mike Hugen is on 3.com, and he and I were just talking off the air, the the heartbreak in March is real. The Florida Atlantic guys, Hughie, if you had them on your dance card getting to the Elite Eight, where they're going to face, this is a thing that's really hard for Tennessee fans' a stomach, they're going to face a Kansas State team that's without, without a 100% healthy point guard in Noel, who put on an absolute show last night. Florida Atlantic, Hughie, as we sit here, has a legit shot to go to a Final Four. Can you believe
11: that?
19: Yeah, I mean, I think this is sort of, all season long, it, it was a wild regular season in college basketball. And a lot of folks thought there'd be a lot of carnage in, in March. That You know, yes, Purdue losing, Arizona losing, um, Kansas losing. Um, but the idea that Florida Atlantic as a nine seed could get to the Final Four um, and it, it wouldn't necessarily be a surprise because I, you, Kansas State's better, and I, I think that K State wins because I, as athletic as FAU is, they're not going to be able to handle uh, Noel or or Keontae Johnson. I don't think, but it, it's a it's a well coached team FAU, uh, and a the one aspect of uh, of FAU all season that has cropped up they don't have a standout player, but they have a bunch of guys. Who can get buckets. And, you know, it, it's the depth of their offensive firepower is impressive. Again, they don't have a star player. They don't have an NBA player. But, you know, one game this guy will hit three threes and score 18. The next game he scores two. But somebody else steps up and scores 15. So it's a balanced team with a lot of good players. Um, and, they, and they accentuate the positives. Uh, you know, they're, they're not a low post team. Um, they like to run when they can. Um, they can slow it down if they have to a little bit. But um, it's, it was they withstood Tennessee's defensive pressure in the first half, and I thought FAU was by far the looser team in the second half.
13: Yep. In winning time, they were looser, and they went on their run. And Plus, the way the game was officiated, and I don't blame officials. I've never been one of those people. But the way the game was officiated in terms of, When Tennessee got into the penalty early, like about the 12-minute mark, you knew it was curtains, because at that point, you have a team in Tennessee that has trouble scoring out of their half court, and and then you have another team that's already prolific offensively who's now going to get cheap shots at the foul line, and that's exactly the way that thing played out. I mean, you talk about a painful result. You were telling me about a text you were exchanging with a buddy of yours, you know, the Context of March and the way things feel and the way you think they're gonna feel, it, it a lot of times just doesn't match. I mean, we got to the Sweet 16 without Ziegler, beat Duke, Hughie. We should be feeling pretty good today. Yeah, and, and nobody here's feeling good today, Hughie. Nobody.
19: Right, and my my, my friend is a Tennessee grad, um, and he was like, you know, if you told me before the tournament we lose to Louisiana. He was like, you know, I can take that because Ziegler wasn't there, and I was afraid the Tennessee offense would be totally uh, dead on arrival. Yep. He goes, but then they beat Louisiana, and then they beat Duke, and with a chance to go to the Elite Eight, they lose to FAU. And he goes, you know, if they had lost Louisiana, I wouldn't have been that upset. And here they are. They've won two games, and maybe they just, you know, I, I was not expecting them to win. Actually, we actually called. There's no text. And he said, now I'm though." I'm. he said, I'm pissed off. So it is, you're right. I mean, the expectations, I think, going in to the NCAA tournament were like, well, Tennessee got a 4C, they had a good regular season, but, man, they're going to miss Ziegler, and it's going to be difficult to win one game, much less two. Instead, they played well in the first round defensively. They beat up physically on Duke and got some huge shots, and then they beat Duke, get to the Sweet 16, and there's FAU, and you're like, oh, my God, the Vols are going to the Elite Eight, and then they lose. So the expectation yep. aspect is that's the key for everybody. You know, I think if you're a UCLA fan, the idea that if you had told UCLA fans in January, well, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, we're going to be without Jalen Clark and a Dimbona yeah. when it matters, and you're like, oh, we're doomed. Instead, neither of those guys played last night, and it took a miracle, what, 35-foot three-pointer to eliminate UCLA. And I think UCLA fans today are like, how can you you know, this, this shouldn't happen. So the, the expectation thing, you're right. I mean it it does skew how you end up feeling about it.
13: My friends at TLD Logistics are so much more in a trucking company, as the great Mike Hugan and Avon3.com appears on the TLD logistics hotline, TLDLogistics.com. TLD Logistics does everything. Whatever your challenges are relating to shipping, you call them. And they're going to make it happen. TLD, uh, you give them a jangle, let them figure it out from there online at tldlogistics.com. Beano, Jeff Henderson, jump in here because Hugie and uh, the folks at On Three were exploring something that Greg Sankey's pushing to happen in major college basketball. But Beano, jump in here. <laughs>
14: Hugie, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, I, I told Tony yesterday I'd had. Just about uh, a day long, uh, a day of anxiousness waiting for the game, and that's that's odd for me these days. But I told him I thought the reason was as bad as I wanted to go to the Final Four, the only result that I really couldn't stomach was for FAU to put us out of the tournament. And I know they're good, and I know they're capable, but it was the one result I wasn't going to be able to stomach.
19: Right, and that's, again, the expectation aspect you are thinking okay we beat louisiana which i think had some, had some glaring issues then they beat duke without ziegler they got good offensive uh uh production at times from key guys in both those games and then fau you're like what what's going on here but f again fau you know when you go by metrics they were one of the top 25 teams of of the in the entire nation for much of the past 6 to 7 weeks so Um, Conference USA was a better-than-expected league this year. Um, They got two of the final four teams in in the NIT. Um, Dusty May is well-respected in the coaching business. I think the idea, um, you know, he was on Mike White's staff at Florida, Mm. and when he left, Florida started going downhill, which I think sort of says it all about Mike White Mm. in terms of how good he is compared to Dusty May. But, yeah, you don't expect. If you're Tennessee, if you're an SEC team, the idea that we lost to a directional Florida school, come on. That's, yeah, that's hard to, hard to fathom. But again, FAU, that, that is a talented team. And the, the kid, uh, the Davis kid who's from Gary and John
13: L. Davis. Wow.
19: How in the world, if you're a Purdue fan and you've been watching the NCAA tournament, why is that guy in Boca Raton, Florida, not West Lafayette, Indiana?
11: Guys a dog.
19: He is much better than Indiana's starting guards, um, and he's from the same state. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about college basketball. There's so many really high-level players spread throughout the country. Part of the problem is, you know, if you're a, if you're a low major or a mid major, maybe you you know you have one of those guys, and the rest of your team reeks. That's not the case at FAU. Davis is good, and they got a lot of other guys who can do good things as well. And, again, Dusty May is one of those coaches. It's, you and I have talked about this for a decade. It seems simplistic, but so so many coaches, it's not, don't ask your guys to do something they can't do. So FAU, you know, this guy's a three-pointer. If, if, a three-point shooter. If you drive to the hoop, I'm taking you out. So, you know, and this guy's a really good driver. If you take a three-pointer, you're on the bench. So um, they listened to their coach. uh, They got weapons. They got athleticism. They bared down on defense in the second half. And, man, the idea that they out-rebounded Tennessee by the manner in which they did, that's the most staggering stat of
13: all. They beat them up. Uh, Bino, Jeff, jump back in here, buddy.
14: Uh, Mike, who in in the college football coaching ranks – is, is Rick Barnes' doppelganger. I'm talking about a guy that is a tremendous program builder, really good teacher, but it just rarely pays off in the end.
19: Football, I'm not so sure. But in basketball, I think – I mentioned Purdue earlier. I, I think Matt Painter has won. I think Tony Bennett – and I know Tony Bennett has won an NCAA title. I still think that he's got some issues when it comes to tournament play. But – you know, I was talking to Tony off the air, and, you know, this was Tennessee's fourth 25-win season under Rick Barnes. They had had three of those in history before he got there. So, but there's no question that throughout his career, Barnes has sort of underachieved um, in in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and football's a little bit different because, you know, again, going we've talked about this the last couple years. Going to bowl games, eh, who cares anymore? Um, so it's the, the postseason in football is different. But I, I think there's a lot of coaches, you know, there's something to be said for, you know you're going to have a good regular season with Rick Barnes. And then the other school of thought is, I, okay, I get that. But what the heck has to happen for Tennessee to achieve greatness in the postseason? And going by Barnes' track record, I think the answer, unfortunately, for Tennessee fans is nothing he has shown yet. Makes me have a high level of uh, confidence going into a postseason.
13: And yet, he did a really nice job coaching this season. Uh, we we've got a guy on our and staff, and I mean, that's, yeah, you yeah, you lose Ziegler, and you places. do what you do. Yeah, it's that's wonderful.
11: That's
13: yep. Yeah, I have a guy on our staff who calls him Mark Richt Barnes, which is a pretty good comparison because you know Mark Richt is a class guy. He's a um, character first guy. Won a lot of games. And then the Georgia people just said, you know what, that's... He
19: couldn't win, and he couldn't win some of the big ones. That's can't win true. big ones. Yeah.
13: Mark Rick Barnes is not yeah. probably not a bad way of... Is Mike enjoying... and joins...
19: You know, maybe Bill Snyder was another one. Because yeah. Bill Snyder never wanted... I mean, he had a chance to go to the yep. BCS once and they lost. So, um, yep. But there is something to be said for knowing... And, and, and the NCAA tournament, good Lord, Luck plays a monster role. And I think you could argue that, you know, Barnes haven't had a lot of luck in the ncaa tournament but at the same time i think good coaches make do your... things that make lucky things happen that's right and if you go by matt painter uh in a, <laughs> the, the year tony bennett won the title man a lot of things went virginia's way but it's almost like they sold their soul that year to get that title but yeah, painter's one who has horrendous luck uh, and Barnes's teams, even when he was at Texas, did not
13: do well in the postseason. The folks at On Three continue to tell you about stories that are that are percolating, and you better perk up and look at this one. I don't mean to use percolate and perk, but hey, I'm I'm running on about four hours sleep. It's the best I can do. Hughie, um, Greg Sankey, and some other people, in the spirit of grabbing money,
19: yes,
13: want to ruin. And I mean ruin March Madness. Tell us about it, what, what they're talking about.
19: The NCA Transformation Committee said, um, per, given the number of athletes and the number of teams competing in sports, maybe every single postseason should include 25% of the teams that play that sport. So for college basketball, that would mean a 90-team NCA field for the men and the women, but also increase the size of the baseball field, and the softball field, and the track, everything. But obviously, the NCAA tournament, um, I think 68 is, frankly, four too many. Um, but the idea of adding 22 teams, um, and it, we quoted a bunch of people saying, don't mess with this. And Mike Trangisi, the former Big East commissioner, who's a big hoops guy, said, you know, there's at some point, you know, Trying to get it, make everybody happy. You know, the inclusiveness doesn't need to include the NCAA tournament. And we quoted another guy anonymously saying, "Well, you know, just just have the whole season be the NCAA tournament. You lose three games, then you go to the NIT. You lose three games at NIT, then you drop down to another tournament. You know, maybe that's what it takes to make everybody happy." But we we, we looked at a potential ninety team field. Um, I believe there were ten teams that would have losing conference records that would have made the field. And, and because, you know, the, the, you know everybody was complaining about Clemson and North Carolina. You'd also have, like, Seton Hall, Villanova, Florida, Washington State, Colorado. I mean, the idea that a team with a losing conference record deserves a chance to play for a national title is ridiculous. And there, there's some, you know, Arkansas got to the Sweet 16 this year despite having a losing conference record. But I don't think that should be normal. And it certainly would be vastly more normal if the field incre- increased to 90. And you're right. The idea, you know, Sankey is pushing this. Um, to me, you know, I think Sankey's awesome as a commissioner. He wields an enormous amount of power, and it's deservedly so. That's This is a blatant, blatant money grab by the big conference. Oh, how they, long uh, would it
15: take to play this postseason? Because... Baseball would have like a double elimination thing, and you'd, they'd be playing for three months.
19: Exactly. That's and that's and th- the good thing is, the transformation committee just recommended that each sport. Yeah, there's committees for each sport. They're the ones who ultimately will vote will vote on it. Right. But I, you know, and the idea that you know coaches, well, you know, if you, it's hard to fire a coach who makes the NCAA tournament. You know, not a third 17 and 16 overall. And six and ten in their league, and then losing the first round of the tournament. No, it's not hard to fire him. So um, there's, there is, there can be too much of a good thing. And don't mess with March Madness. Um, the win again, the women's field increasing to ninety as well. Um, baseball and softball increasing. I mean, come on.
13: Kiggy, is Florida Atlanta going to get to? Is Florida Atlantic Kiggy going to get to the Final Four now no, that that kid's all the- beat up and banged up uh, from uh, Kansas mean, State?
19: I think they lose to Kansas game. I still think Kansas State. Um, Kansas State won't get out rebounded like like Tennessee did. Oh boy. I, I think Kansas State's offense is obviously vastly better than Tennessee's. I think FAU is going to have a ton of problems with Keontae Johnson, and I think that Noel. Um, playing at ninety or ninety-five percent, he some of those passes, man. Oh my! God.
13: Oh man, was he!
19: <laughs> he was, and that was an incredible basketball game. Um, three of the four games last night were incredible. The only one that wasn't was Arkansas, UConn, and yep. thank God we didn't have to see Musselman take his shirt off again.
13: Well, and that's a great, and that's a great line a great tonight. Alabama, San Diego State, my guys on uh, Winners and Losers presented by our friends at Twisted Tea. Pick San Diego State tonight as an absolute live dog against Alabama. Do you concur? What's the spread? Uh, Brian, what's the number in that game? Either you or Degenerate Mino now? It is seven, seven and, a half. and a half. Seven and a half. They, they say live dog,
11: live dog, live dog.
19: I think San Diego State's defense and physicality um, will cause some issues. The problem is San Diego State can up, is not very good offensively. I think the one thing you look at though is when Alabama went to play Oklahoma, Alabama struggled from three point range, and Oklahoma blew their doors off. San Diego State is much better than Oklahoma. Um, you know, I think Alabama does intimidate some teams with its with its physical nature. No. <laughs> San Diego State looks at that and laughs. Um, San Diego State, you know, you drive the lane against them, they they might put you on your on your butt. Um, and they also play extremely good perimeter defense.
13: Tennessee um, bullied Alabama. Think, Tennessee bullied Alabama, bullied them uh, this year.
19: And I think, I think Brian Dutcher will be quite comfortable if they chase Alabama off the three-point line and make them score in the paint. Because that's what San Diego State wants. They want you to come inside and they want to lean on you and elbow you and push you and knock you down. Um, but if Alabama is hitting their threes, this is going to be a rout because that's San Diego State's offense you can't count you cannot count on San Diego State's offense.
13: Now we've seen that script. These offensively challenged I mean, you got to be able to play a. Li- it's great to be great on defense, and it's great to you know play some bully ball and throw people around and. I like this Miami-Florida team. Now, this is a very high-level game because I don't know that they have a chance in this game. The latest spread, guys, in this one, the uh, Miami-Florida-Houston game, I think Houston's the best team left in the field. I ranked them one of the 16. But, Hughie, what do you think?
19: I think Miami has a chance. I do, too. If Norchad O'Meara, their big guy, Yep. Has the kind of game on the board yep. that he had last round. He was really um, good. The problem is he is their only big guy who can do anything. That- and Houston's another team that, you come, you want to come inside? Come on, and then we'll help you up after we knock you down. So, But Sasser is awesome. I love him. Um, the shed kid can play. Yep. They're not 100%. Uh, I think they're a grittier team than Miami. Um, but Miami has... A really high-level offense. Larry Nega is a great offensive coach, but to me, that one comes down to uh, North. Shadow Omir's got to get double-digit rebounds, uh, and, and Houston is has a lot of fouls they can dole out to Omir, and Omier's coming off uh, an injury. Um, first Nicaraguan player in NCAA history to be on scholarship. Wow! Football. So um, he's a really good player. That the, uh, the Isaiah Wong can play. Nigel yep. Pack can play. Charlie Miller can play. Um, none of them are as good as Sasser. And I think uh, Houston's physicality is Miami's not going to be able to match
13: that. Isaiah Wong's another New York City kid. Uh, we were talking about these New York City kids earlier, that none of them stay home. I I, I think the guy at St. John's, the new coach up there, going to win Patino a lot of games. I, yeah, Patino, w-
19: I think he, what what he does in the portal in the next uh, few weeks will be interesting to watch. Going
13: to win a lot of games.
19: Yeah, I think that going forward, you know, he's also seventy years old. He's Go- not going to be there a while. It won't take him very long, I don't think. I think two years from now, we'll be talking about St. John's as a top four or five seed. Hello, with a lot of with a lot of New York City and a lot of Northeast players.
13: Going win a lot of games, and I guarantee you, he's poaching kids off rosters. And I guarantee you, they've reached out to Toby O'Waka, who literally didn't even get a cup of coffee in last night's game. Maybe a maybe a pack of sweet and low is what he got. Uh, We use the term cup of coffee. Princeton-Creighton, another game tonight. One of those teams is going to go to the Elite Eight, which is going to gall Tennessee fans. What about guys if that Princeton team shoots the ball well and gets through Creighton? Princeton was the second-best team in their league this year. It would be the most random thing ever if they got through there.
19: Like Fairleigh Dickinson, 15 losses. Yes. and Frankly, Fairleigh Dickinson... Had FAU on the ropes for mm-hmm. a while
11: last weekend.
19: Mm-hmm. So um, the the Owama kid for Princeton, the kid who grew up in Great Britain, didn't play high school basketball, didn't play basketball at all wow. until he was 15 years old. Um, and he's really good. Creighton was a preseason top 10 team. They don't always play good defense. Um, that's an understatement. But you know the Nimhard kid had 30 against Baylor. Baylor's guards are awesome. Princeton guards are at Princeton for a reason, um, so I, I think Creighton is too at athletic, and in Kalkbrenner, they got a seven-foot kid who is a rarity these days. He's a guy who can shoot threes, and he's also a great shot blocker, and is a really, really effective low post scorer, so, um, you know, Princeton just beat the tar out of Missouri. I mean, that wasn't even a game, so... Um, Princeton's more athletic than you give him credit for, and the Obama kid is really good, but I still think Creighton's got way too much firepower.
13: Xavier, Texas. Xavier's never been to a Final Four. Rodney Terry, I'm hearing, has to get to a Final Four if he wants to keep that job at Texas. That's why they haven't made him the full yet. What do you think?
19: Yeah, this is a great game, I think. Xavier, last round, shot lights out. Um, They looked awesome offensively. Texas plays really good defense. They can also score... And the cool thing about this one, Xavier's leading scorer is, is Suley Boom, transfer guard from UTEP. When he started at UTEP, Rodney Terry was the head coach. So Rodney Terry and him have a great relationship. At oh, that's Denver. cool. Um, you know, the thing about the thing about Xavier, they're missing one of their best players. The Fremantle kid has missed almost the entire yep. season with an injury. Xavier has no bench. Texas has a deep bench. Um, but if Xavier shoots the way they shot, over the weekend, um, they're, they're going to the Final Four. I don't think they can shoot that well, though, um, against Texas. I mean, Pitt's defense isn't very good. Um, and Xavier should have lost in the first round to Kennesaw. So I, I think Texas is, is too good for Xavier. But if um, if Nungy, the big guy, can score 20, this game is going to be fascinating.
13: Keggy, much love to you. Keep doing what you're doing at On3.com. And I appreciate you appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, TLDLogistics.com. On the way out, anything else you want to add? And I love you.
19: No, I think um, if UConn plays the way they did last night, they're winning the national
13: title. Uh, Cutting them down. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Good talking to you. You know, a thought occurred to me when we were talking to Hugie. Brian, down through the years, we've always said that Tennessee's brethren of these accomplished programs that have never been to a Final Four are Xavier and Alabama. Right there with the Vols. We always mention them, right? That's, Z- that's right. Xavier's about to go to another Elite Eight if they can get through that thing tonight, which would be a great win for them, okay? A great win. And Alabama well, looks surely ticketed to a Final Four, which is really you know, disgusting. Uh,
15: Creighton, Creighton is a team that's never been to a Final Four. Wow. San Diego State's never been. Son Alabama's of a... never been in Princeton's. I Bino, think, uh, Bino, do you believe this? The, the whole left half of the bracket is teams. It's it's full of teams that have never been there.
13: Bino, do you freaking believe oh, this? We were going to be the team of destiny, Bino. And we couldn't even walk through the door as a team of destiny.
14: Yeah, we can't find the door, Tony. We just can't find that door. I don't hey, think um, Alabama's going to the final four. You do not. San Diego
15: State. San Diego State and Creighton. San Diego State's going to beat them. You can see it coming. They are Brian. Now, are you guys trying to give me hope or they? I, I think they're going to beat them. I really think San Diego State's a live dog. Listen to what your winners and losers say. My guys are I really don't good. Man. They're going to get through both of them. I don't know if San Diego
14: State's going to beat them, but they're not going to beat both San Diego State and Craig.
13: Hey, Beano, for those that haven't heard either. the guys from the winners and losers, uh, what are they missing? How good that 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 um that basketball show has been. Those oh, guys,
14: oh, it's 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 fantastic. Those two guys uh, have forgotten more about basketball than most of us know. College basketball yep. teams, yep. their personnel, their their approach, their uh, their record against the spread. It's just it's just fascinating to listen to. I love it. I listened uh, yesterday after the show ended uh, to the entire. Uh, entire episode
13: fantastic people say well you do a really good job of quarterback and I'm like yeah I got two all pro receivers to throw to and all the time in the world to get the ball out of my hands back to the phones we go I want to thank Mike Hugan, and today who appeared on the TLD logistics hotline back to the phones we go where callers come first hello and welcome in
12: hey guys how we doing
13: been better thanks man our team of destiny flirted up went up in the smoke last night
14: how about you veno uh jaker it is uh the the usual uh that the NCAA <laughs> tournament brings uh, the thrill of victory and agony of defeat
13: tournament cruelty put the hat on twin cities
14: now guys i'm gonna, I'm
12: gonna try not to pile on
13: please don't
12: but everything that you have mentioned yeah. about our deficiencies points to one person, and that's Rick Barnes. And I'm not saying run the guy out. Mm-hmm. I'm saying escort him out quietly. Bring him in and say, Coach Barnes, really appreciate you helping build the program back, but we're going to make a change. So you can retire or we can fire you You take your pick. But when you talk about Plavi not being able to rebound, Beno, I want to ask you this question. You think if Ray Mears and Stu Aberdeen have played for three or four years, you think they could
14: take that big, big galoot to rebound? Well, I, I, I think he would either rebound or he wouldn't play. Exactly, but he's the thing just
12: not it, I mean, athletic enough. That's that's bullshit, Tony. I'm sorry, excuse my language, but I don't buy it. Here, here's the thing I'm saying: if you can't teach that guy to rebound, you need to make some. Changes
15: in your assistant coaching staff. Yeah, and I, I don't think he gets much help. He has a lot of guys get taken to taken off the of staff to get head coaching jobs, and, and it just doesn't seem like any of them really move the needle much. But the staff changeover is hurt. I just don't know that he has effective staff. You know, people on his staff. I've wondered about that for two years now. I would think
12: that, and, to, and being on I want your opinion on this, I would think that rebounding would be
14: the most simple thing in basketball to teach. Well, I, I think, Jekker, it's the thing. I, I think it's the thing that shows the want-to gauge that you have. Uh, I, I, I just believe that, that a walker wants it worse than everyone else out there. And he what, rebounded means he, a great deal to did he not and,
12: play last night? That's a fireable offense. Him not playing last night.
14: Well, I, nice. I thought that he should have played too, uh, Jake. I, I'm sure their thought is he can't guard the big and he can't guard their intermediate guys. And but if if that team is out rebounding me, I'm giving up a little bit to make sure they
15: they quit getting rebounds. Yeah, because their they're they're
14: shots. Change the game.
15: Yeah. Yeah. The thirty-nine thirty-three, you have a you have a dude playing good post defense, and then nobody boxes out that uh, John L. Davis, who sneaks in and gets a rebound and scores. And I think that's where the game turned I think that's where the game turned. And th- the reason they really got beat was because not because of defense, it was because of second chance. Points.
12: Well, you get down to the brass tacks, The reason we got beat was because of Rick Barnes.
11: You
14: know, I'm just tired of it, guys. I'm I'm tired of it, guys. Well, I, I, you know, Rick Barnes is not at his best this time of year. What, whatever the reason is, I I'm not smart enough to say why. and I I think just about any minute that Plavi had on the floor was a wasted minute, in in my opinion. He's he had no no business getting a whole bunch of minutes. Uh, because and the, the reason, only thing that he's really good at is making sure the officials are looking too closely at what you're doing on both ends of the floor.
12: And the reason yeah, we don't it, have a point, the reason we don't have a backup point guard, because he's not gotten B.J. Edwards ready to play over the course of the season. He's he's stupid, guys. Let's let's face it. Well, he's not stupid. Come on,
15: well, no, that's a stupid. little strong. It's just that he hasn't made very, you know. He's got some puzzling things about him. How can you say that? Once you, once you didn't get Uri Collins, your
14: only real other choice was to get B.J. Edwards ready to, to play, and they didn't either. Yep.
9: Hey, I've mean, yeah. got a
12: question if for you. If I, Euros haven't could be, Yuri, I haven't heard of that Uri Collins guy. Where did he come from and where did he go to? He's at St.
13: Louis. He was on St. Louis's roster last year. He already had a relationship with one of the assistants. I don't want to speak out of school on that, but they got him to get into the transfer portal. They got some NIL money for him. They had a deal worked out. He went into the transfer portal. Um, Somehow the word leaked out, I don't know, from here, from there, from our media, from their media, but Travis Ford found out that Tennessee had tampered with him he hit the roof, went nuts, called Barnes, read him the riot act, accused him of tampering, and Barnes said we're not going to touch him after they did all that work. He averaged uh, double figures in assists down the stretch of season. And I th- I want to say he had double figures in assists like 18 games this year, some crazy number. He's a great, 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 great college point guard. He would He would have made this team Final Four caliber, obviously.
12: Well, guys, I appreciate y'all being in there. I appreciate the show. Love it. Thanks. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Until we make a coaching change, I'm going to become a St. John's fan. See you
13: guys. Well, St. John's going to win a lot of games, (laughs) and uh, you're going to have everybody under the sun. But we'll go back to the phones, get our next call in. in. St. John's. Yeah, old Jeeker. Jeeker's loyal. Hello, and welcome into our next call. (laughs) Saint John's.
20: Saint John's. How are my friends and compatriots
13: doing today? Another brick in the wall, Lynn, on the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. We my continue, favorite to, we continue WLN. to build our palatial estate on the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, bro. I know
20: it. I'm. Uh, my first thought is, and emotion is, I'm just sad. I'm just I sad know.
13: about it. So sad. You
20: know, uh, Barnes in his post game. I'm kind of wondering about him sometimes. I Ask him about the offense. And
13: right. I'm clicking. Right.
20: And he starts talking about defensive breakdowns
13: we had. He's a total nut job with that defensive nonsense.
20: And I'm thinking if we hadn't have been fouling them at the end of the game, we'd have held them into the 50s. I mean, that's kind of
15: pretty good
13: defense. I would say.
15: Well, if you, know, if, you and, if you don't give up second-chance points, you might have held them exactly. up under 50, under 50. I agree, Brian.
20: Those second-chance points
15: were, were crazy. But, um. uh...
20: Another thing I can't figure out: Why can't come won Why ain't come on Triple J the last ten games? Why aren't their combined totals about twenty five to thirty points? The two of them is that too much to ask?
13: They're just not. They're just not those guys. They're just yeah. not. And come was really interesting because he followed up his all world game know what do you call a game where you score your first field goal when you're a senior in that spot? You get your first field goal with six minutes left?
14: Yes, wow. both of those guys, especially Kamla, It's just a Reader's Digest special. He shows up about once a month.
11: <laughs> That's a what word. a great line.
14: I-
20: Eight
11: feet from the goal, he's a
13: big old man. Oh. Just just going on. Ah, uh, If that guy had some offensive dog in him, he would be you, you, know I'll you I tell mean, you what, it's... give give Toby Awaka Beanstar, give Toby Awaka Triple J's body and get back to me. What do you think that would look like? Oh calm how about Camelas? Or Camless body. come on back yeah. to me. Well let's talk about it.
20: But uh, guys I, you know, I, I I I feel for the fans too. No. I, you know, most of those people went up there on Wednesday thinking they're coming home Sunday, and no. we're gonna have a few good days in New York.
13: I was talking to a buddy of mine today. It's up there, and I said, "Are you staying?" He said, "No, man, it's too painful." I said, I "Man, you want to go? You you have a ticket to go to, go tomorrow?" Because he bought the full session, and he said, "Yeah." The worst thing about it is now with Kansas State and UAF, there's nobody to sell my ticket to. There's no there's yeah. no fans up here.
20: Well, plus, most of those people had to get hotel rooms yep. they can't cancel through you know Saturday night.
13: I said, so what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to go see a show. He said, I'm not going to go watch that game. It's too painful. And I would go watch that game. I, I would go enjoy myself. I would not let the fact I, – I, I don't use the term choke job,
15: but that wasn't exactly uh, – we just – I don't know. I
13: don't, I don't
9: I'm know too that tired. I
15: enjoy myself at that game watching yeah. – no, and I should
9: be
20: watching. It, it'd be tough. You know, who, I mean, I, I've, I've been in situations. I don't,
11: those
15: I don't situations think i could
11: enjoy that. I don't like going you know,
20: because if somebody from the, the team—well, Florida Atlantic's different—but yeah. if you're in there and some team makes a crack at you, that's not going
15: to be good. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess you don't wear 30, your, I
13: guess what you would do is not wear your collars if you're just going to go and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's just miserable, but. Yeah. Uh,
20: I tell you, toward the end, I mean, we've been making some past football references. Remember that Georgia Tech uh, but, Butch Boy game? We mm-hmm. when we had that silly giant plastic garbage can. We were throwing the football who, in
11: who can after it. a
20: turnover. Uh, I I I think some assistant coach should have broke that thing out last night with about eight minutes left and said, "Hey guys, throw a dang basketball in this garbage can." And, I mean, I don't know what the you know. What do you think, guys?
13: I thought you were gonna say, "Bring it over there to Barnes and let him throw up in it." <laughs> s-
20: just take one of the, new- the Madison Square Garden
13: garbage. get just dump yeah. Hey, A- 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 W. Lynn, over. W. Lynn. Now I like your idea, right? But what do you do when Triple J pulls up and misses an eight footer in that garbage can? What then for his confidence, W. Lynn?
20: That that part that part you might have to get it so close, saying, "I'll dunk it."
13: I, you know, yeah, like like a four like a four year old. W. Lynn, thank you. You're my man. I love you. That's uh. See, so you pull the big garbage can trick out, Bino, the old Butch Jones garbage can trick out, and you know you go over there to dunk a ball and you miss it wide right. Then what then?
14: Take it out there and let Flabby shoot free throws into it. <laughs>
13: That's great. I mean, that guy it's flexed here. Bino and then went up there and threw a total brick up it, after it, flexing. It
15: as much effort trying to rebound as he does flexing oh my gosh i mean
13: god god bless you know, the guy um, I, I i'm saying this out loud and i hate to say this i'm so glad that I, well see that's what's wrong with me is now i'm tired and it's like sodium pentothal and i, I we will continue to take some calls and we'll head into our tld logistics overdrive overtime. but we have a few minutes to go Let me get our final in here because these are the folks that make this possible for us to do what we do. Please support our sponsors as you get the opportunity. We love you. Uh, Let's continue after this.
5: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
3: Hello, this is Sergeant Brian Goats with Columbia Police Department. As a friendly reminder, the annual Mule Day Parade is Saturday, April 1st. Road closures will take effect from 7 a.m. to noon. Motorists traveling in Columbia that morning should expect delays around Garden and Carmack, West 7th, and Murray County Park. Follow our Facebook page at Columbia PDTN for the most
0: up-to-date information.
18: Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble.
16: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
13: TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Taking you into our TLD Logistics Overdrive, Overtime. A little out of breath here. Let's run upstairs for something here from the Raymere Studio where we are. Oh, man. trying to uh, get our bearings about us, as it were. You know, it's really weird because it's hard to fought the basketball team for getting to the Sweet 16 minus the Kai Ziegler, and yet, as somebody said to me earlier in the week, (laughs) if you lose to that Florida Atlantic team, it's going to feel really horrible. And I thought, well, yeah, but... I'm not going to hold it against him. And I really don't hold it against him. It's just like what happened under this head coach is just going to happen. That's all. So two things can be true. You can do a nice job to get to the Sweet 16. But the conversations we're having today are like bigger picture. They're just bigger picture conversations about him. He's just not good at this time of the year because he his way is his way is his way is his way and he's not going to call timeouts and then the odd combinations on the floor and I don't know the offensive approach I, I don't know is he going to change? I, I, I don't think so I, I don't know I, I hope so he's a really good dude I mean there's no question about that and I don't think you would have Brandon Miller on his basketball team hello and welcome into our next call
10: Hey, uh, you don't you don't have to have Brandon Millers to have good players. I mean, Admiral and Grant were not Brandon Miller.
11: That's a good point. They
10: were dogs. They were dogs. Yeah. Uh, now, Admiral's I, a guy
13: yeah. he feuded with. I, I don't think he would have oh, yeah. recruited Admiral Schofield.
10: No, and he wouldn't have recruited – yeah, anyway. So I'm not going to get into the Barnstormer black hole. I, I get drug into that too often. Yeah. What I was going to say is Dusty May – I'm not saying you go out and hire Dusty May tomorrow. Well, what I'm going to say is he's the profile, the exact profile of a coach on the rise who needs, who should be on every athletic department radar because he's been there five years, which, and he's gotten better every year, which means he's doing it with kids. He's recruited. He's not doing it with kids. He inherited You see so many of these guys that come in and make a great NCAA run, and they get hired, but they're doing it. If you look behind the curtain, they're doing it with kids they inherited, not with guys they recruited. So he, and he's also been in the SEC, so he knows the SEC. That's the advantage a guy like that has over somebody like Kim English or any of these other guys that, that go out. And they go out. I understand why Ken English took the Providence job. That you know, you can't say no to that. But so, at some point, you got to stay somewhere long enough where you prove you can do it with your kids and
14: get better. I, I've lost track of kind of what's still available out there, uh, but I'll be surprised if Dusty May is still at FAU next year.
10: Yeah, and it's, that's the shame yeah. about the way these guys, the way this happens these days, because. So many of them assistants don't, or so many of these guys don't get a chance to stay five years, and so you don't know
13: nope. because
10: people are so eager to get that that flash in a pan. Nope. but they don't let them mature. Every
13: you know, size, you know, it's, you know, sir. Yeah, to your point, sir, his whole team comes back next year. Yeah, which is remarkable. Tennessee got beat by a team that was younger than them last night, which is yeah. another thing that's yeah. just really frustrating about the deal.
10: And one other thing I wanted to say, and Bino would yeah. probably appreciate this or understand this. JJJ reminds me so much of Derek Hord. Do you remember Derek Hord, Bino? Absolutely, in Bristol sure do. He was he was six six and weighed two hundred and fifteen pounds yep. and was cut when he was a freshman in high school.
13: Five star kid he that went to Kentucky, dom- right?
11: Yep.
10: Yeah, he dominated East Tennessee kids. Yep. I mean he looked like an NBA player when he was in high school. Yep. But he didn't get any better from when he was a freshman. But he was still highly rated because yep. he had been the number one kid in the country when he was a freshman. But he, he was, was the same, same great comparison. A, yeah, he was a second player as a freshman in high school, as he was as a senior, as he was as a junior at the University of Kentucky.
13: Yep. Well, you, you know what happened. Well, hey, listen, I, I'm of the opinion that it's not, and I talked to Josiah about this one time. We were we were talking about Copper Cellar. It's not his fault somebody no. made him a five-star player, and he had to wear that label, and then people call him a bust. I mean, that's not fair to that kid. Nope,
10: nope. But, but that's the thing. You know, that's that's the, the blessing and the curse of the, yep. the system that we have today. And yes. Kids get identified like that. And they're going to wear that label almost no matter what. Hey, major wind game.
5: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
7: Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Breeze homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The door's open at 8 a.m. 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is
11: the place with the helpful hardware folks.
6: The mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The Arts and Crafts and Flea Market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Arts and Crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the Flea Market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, Western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of events.